welcome to Reclaiming Filipinx Identity Season 4, Episode 7. Today on the podcast, I have the pleasure of inviting Angel Lynn Talano with me here today. Uh, just a little disclaimer, this episode is kind of bit um, a mix of pre-recorded interview and a post-interview recording because my part of the audio got disconnected and I really had to rely on the transcription that I did during the interview and also just by listening to her audio once again to really uh, go in with the episode but just to get a little brief introduction I met Angel or virtually met Angel through Instagram and her article from Civil Peak she wrote about the health disparities within our Filipino community and I thought it was a really great opportunity to hear her story and to really understand uh, who she is and I know that I probably will be doing a follow-up Q&A with Angel because of how the audio was came out but I hope that through this episode you're able to learn a bit about her narrative and I'm just very excited for you guys to hear her story because I think she has so much to tell. And without further ado, I welcome you guys to the episode. And welcome back to Reclaiming Filipinx Identity, Season 4, Episode 7. Today on the podcast, I have the pleasure of inviting and interviewing someone who I've known of her through the civil beat article uh, especially because she wrote this piece and it was the health disparities amongst filipino workers and through uh, reading her article um i wanted to actually get to know her and know her um, narrative as a filipino in hawaii and with that said i I'm so excited for you guys to hear her story and to hear her narrative also. For the listeners out there, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, your gender pronoun, major, what school you go to, and do you identify as a Filipino-American? Hi, yeah, so thanks for having me. Um, so my name is Angel Lynn Estreñero Talana. That's my full name, but I usually just go by Angel. Um, I am a current graduate student at the University of Hawaii at Manoa. I um, am currently getting my master's in public health. My gender pronouns, my preferred gender pronouns would be she and her. Um, and yes, I do identify as a Filipino-American. Both of my parents immigrated from the Philippines. And with that said, what or how was your upbringing like living in Hawaii? I would say that it was, um, it's interesting because, you know, living in Hawaii, we have a very large Filipino community. Uh, so it's very, it's very easy to immerse yourself in the culture, you know, learn about cultural practices, um, such as, um, you know, respecting elders, you know, manopo and everything. Um, and, you know, addressing those older than you as manang or manong. Um, so it's very easy to immerse yourself in the culture. However, at the same time, it's um, Filipino culture isn't as, um, I guess, celebrated enough, in my opinion. Um, 
you you know, um, there were multiple times where I didn't feel as if I was considered as an actual Asian because I don't look Japanese or I don't look Chinese. Um, and um, how would we say it's it's kind of um, it kind of diminished my self-worth as a Filipino. You know, am I not enough kind of thing? That's that's always what I've um, always thought to myself. Um, but at the same time, you know, living in Hawaii, uh, because we're so culturally diverse, it's um, you kind of have to adapt in a way, um, you know, taking um, taking these different cultures and, um, you know, bringing it into our own culture and everything. So definitely it's 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 been quite a ride. Um, as a Filipino in Hawaii, um, if you know what I mean. It wasn't until like recently that I've started to like fully embrace um, my Filipino culture and actually focus on my own community. Like throughout the years, um, I've always just focused on other cultures, uh, such as like Japanese, for example, like throughout high school, um, I gravitated towards Japanese because that's all, that's basically what all my friends you know, did, you know, we liked anime, we took Japanese classes. So I've learned to like embrace the Japanese culture first rather than my own Filipino culture. Um, while uh, in my young adulthood, you know, adolescence and everything. Um, but, you know, as I got into college, um, that's when I was like, hey, you know what, Filipinos are actually um, important as well, you know, it's, and we need somebody to to speak up for us, you know, advocate for us, which is why I'm like currently studying public health because there are so many health disparities in our Filipino community and it needs to be addressed. You know, despite having such a large Filipino community, um, we do seem to be, um, you know, underserved in a way. Um, and, um, you know, as a Filipino American, I feel like it's my, uh, responsibility to contribute as much as I can to improve the health and well-being of the Filipino community. And like what you just mentioned, I understand like where you're coming from, especially being a Filipino in Hawaii. It's not easy, especially because you are surrounded with different cultures, different ethnic backgrounds, and sometimes you are kind of like in this, in the middle, kind of like where do I stand kind of a thing and I think just having a lot of um, being able to understand where we came from is one of the biggest push most especially and the only time like we come together with our Filipino-ness is when it comes to like boxing beauty pageants and all those like pop culture reference and I don't know like yeah, for me like just definitely um especially like the the Manny Pacquiao and the the beauty pageants um that's definitely good examples of that because um particularly the beauty pageant I have issues with the beauty pageant um because um you know uh a lot of these pageant contestants who represent Filipino the Philippines uh they don't necessarily look like majority of the Filipinos um and it kind of sets these uh, unrealistic standards for us because we can never, you know, have those 
European or Western like features unless we, um, you know, mix with, um, you know, European people. Um, and that sets a very toxic and um, unrealistic stand standards of beauty. And it can be very, very, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, I want, not disheartening, but then um, discouraging, I guess, because it, you don't necessarily see yourself represented um, in the media um, or um, in, in anywhere, unless, um, like, like you said, like Mani Pacquiao, like an actual Filipino, um, a full Filipino being, um, you know, revered for his skills and everything. And thank you for answering. And to move on with the question is, have you struggled with trying to see yourself within your own cultural identity? I know that you previously mentioned it some, but if you could a little bit elaborate. Yeah, definitely. There was struggle, especially during my teenage years. Um, uh, like I said, um, you know, growing up, uh, I tended to um, embrace more of the Japanese culture, um, mainly because, you know, like a lot of my friends were Japanese and um, and Filipino and my Filipino friends, they also gravitated towards Japanese. So it seemed like the more natural route. Um, and then also, you know, as I grew up, even like when I went to, um, college or like in the beginning of college, um, I, there was this one, there was this one point where, um, I was, uh, described as the orphan Asian because Filipinos aren't considered as Asian for some reason. I don't know what that, um, person was, um, trying to say, but it really, it really hurt, you know, hearing that. So it made me think, okay, am I, like I said, am I not enough? Um, I've always heard, you know, the term FOB, which was always referred to, um, you know, Filipino immigrants, or whenever I heard it, it was like often referred to uh, Filipino immigrants, and I would hear stereotypes um, about Filipinos, you know, like how Philippines, Filipinos always become a nurse, etc., uh, so, like, while there's nothing wrong with those types of statements and stuff like that, actually, there kind of is, but it's kind of disheartening to, to constantly hear that, you know, uh, is that all what people really see me for? Um, am, I am I only just going to be a nurse or a fob in people's eyes? Um, and so, like, I tried to um, get away from that. Um, and then, like, you know, as I, in, um, like, the early days, uh, at a very early age, um, if I were to use Filipino words at school, people would look at me strangely. Um, so, you know, I had to adapt in this, um, you know, social environment that, didn't really know Filipino culture too much. So I had to adapt um, and try to um, balance my Filipino culture and, you know, the local Hawaii culture. So that way I don't be like socially outcasted or, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's weird <laughs> in a way, you know, when you're 
um, when you identify as both Filipino and you identify as um, an American. So uh, it's definitely a struggle to try to find that balance. Um, and that's something that everybody, in my opinion, has to go through if you do identify as both. Um, and it really all takes takes time um, and just, just trying to um, figure out your own identity. And, you know, it really all depends. Disclaimer, um, this part of the audio, my audio got detached. So I tried to remember how, what, how did I respond. And as much as I want to, like, yes, um, I just wanted to just share the snippet of her answer. But I really don't remember what I asked or how I responded to um, her response in the next audio. Yeah, pretty much. It's uh, Filipinos are a very unique type. It's a very unique type of culture, and it's difficult to categorize us in um, a certain box. And you know, Asian culture in general is already diverse. So it's um, it's uh, it doesn't do it justice to just categorize us as as Asian. Um, and that's just a whole nother conversation, really. <laughs> but yeah. Um. And with that mention, would you be comfortable in sharing with that experience with us here today? Yeah, I, I'm comfortable with sharing that experience. Um, so like I was, uh, it was my first year, you know, in college, I used to go to the University of, of Washington. So um, while I was there, I had a couple of Asian friends there. Um, and one of them was saying that, um, that I was an orphan Asian. When I, when I told them that I was Filipino, I was, I was considered as an orphan Asian, um, or, um, they were trying to categorize me really, like, am I really Asian or am I really Pacific Islander? So that came, like, that's where the whole orphan Asian came up, like, cause like, they didn't know where to place me exactly. Um, and that you know, even that just makes the struggle even worse because you're like, okay, then what do you want? Like, what am I? You know, it, like struggling to find my own identity just was just hard because mm-hmm. even, you know, my own group that, you know, like um, Asian, even my, like, my own group of Asians um, didn't know what to do with me. And with that saying, how did you see yourself with your own cultural identity before and after? Um, so like before, as in like, you know, like when I was younger kind of thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, like I said, like my social environment really didn't teach me how to embrace, um, you know, like the Filipino language and the Filipino culture. Um, like, um, you know, during elementary, um, my parents were told that they shouldn't be speaking Ilocano at home. They should just be speaking English. So from then on, um, they kind of refused to teach me Ilocano as much. They were saying that, you know, like, I didn't really need to learn it. It's best if I just learned English. 
um, because that's the only way that I can succeed. So like they're, um, you know, the intentions are there, the good intentions are there. Um, they want me to succeed in this, this environment that doesn't really embrace Filipino culture. So in order to do that, I have to embrace, you know, uh, you know, American culture. So, um, mm-hmm. at that point, I, like, I didn't really, em- like, identify, or I didn't feel comfortable identifying as a Filipino. Um, and on top of that, you know, like, throughout high school, like I said, um, my high school didn't offer any Filipino classes. They just offered, you know, the the standard Japanese, Spanish, German, etc. Um, so, um, like I said, I naturally gravitated towards Japanese because that's basically the only Asian class there. Um, so, um, and yeah, during my my adolescence and young adulthood, it it was hard to identify as a Filipino. Um, but you know, when I got into college, um, I felt it was more of an open space. Uh, there was there was definitely the um, uh, the Filipino club and everything. I really didn't um, join it because I didn't really uh, find out about it until like my senior year of college. You know, throughout my um, my undergrad, I tended to, like I said, gravitate towards Japanese and everything. So those are those, that was the the um, set of friends that I had. Um, and, you know, looking back on it, I was like, that, you know, that's unfortunate. That's very unfortunate that I um, wasn't able to fully embrace it until just re- like, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, and I wish I would have, um, you know, been able to find, um, you know, my own community, like find the people in my own community. Um, and I guess like in the STEM field, um, you know, when I was studying biology, it's it's kind of hard because like you always you're always surrounded by Japanese, Korean, Chinese, etc. Um, and then there's you know there's also Filipinos too. But then um, you um, I guess like the ideal student is always considered as like the you know the more Eastern Asian. Um, and you know. In public health, when I got into public health, that's that's mainly when I started to embrace my Filipino culture, um, because that's when I was like, that's when um, I found out that hey, um, Filipinos do matter. Uh, Filipino viewpoints and Filipino health are important, um, and that's the that's the work that I'm currently doing right now. Um, trying to, um, you know, boost or like not boost, but then um, trying to, what's the word that I'm looking for? (laughs) Um, I guess, um, but you know, like just embracing Filipino culture um, and trying to improve upon, or not improve, I should say, more like um, uh, gather the strengths of the Filipino uh, community and, uh, you know, incorporate that into um, our health and well-being and, you know, trying to get rid of these health disparities that we currently face, especially now in the pandemic. And 
you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that we can learn from um, Filipino culture because we're so we're such a diverse ethnic group. Um, and I guess, you know, with, um, you know, connecting with other Filipinos, it allowed me to, um, I guess, connect with uh, even more Filipinos. And then that in itself is just so um, life-changing because it's, it, may, it gives this sense of belonging. It gives this sense of connection, a bigger sense of community. Uh, and, um, you know, that's how, that's how we survive as a community, really. Um, making sure that we connect with each other, making sure that we have our voices heard. And it's about just stepping in and being involved within our community and just taking in that initiative to really look within and really dig into the archive of our history and just just letting ourselves be kind of immersed to what's going on within our culture itself so that we are best yeah definitely because you know like representation matters um when you see somebody's art like a filipino artwork um that is so inspiring because you're like hey that's you know that could be me or um or if you see someone um on social media and they're filipino and you're like hey yeah that could be me um it's just very inspiring because um you know we don't have to limit ourselves to just this this one this one box that people like tend to um put us in um and can broaden and to continue along with that how does it mean for you to reclaim our Filipinx identity? And because there's so many re- interpretation of this, how in your own perspective and in your own kind of experience within your identity, how do you want to answer this question? So reclaiming my Filipino identity is it's just so important because like I said, not only does it provide um, a sense of belonging, you know, a sense of community, it um, allows me to connect with the people that I care about, you know, the people that I um, interact with on a daily basis. Uh, You know, at an early age, I was able to, you know, understand bits of conversations in Filipinos, but I wasn't necessarily able to speak it. Um, but, you know, now, um, as I reclaim my Filipino identity, um, I have the, um, the passion to learn more about my, my culture, learn about my, my language. Um, so, you know, um, I, you know, recently started learning how to speak, you know, in Ilocano and Tagalog. So like practicing with my parents and coworkers, you know, especially my coworkers, cause like they, um, are also, Filipino immigrants and you know sometimes they um they like to speak in Filipino so you know like you know when you speak back in Filipino like their eyes just light up um so you know developing you know this skill is just so life-changing because it allows me to connect with the people that I care about 
Yeah, and then um, as, um, you know, like a pre-medical student, it's, um, it, it's a very valuable skill because that's how I um, can better serve and work with the, you know, the Filipino community in the future. And, you know, language, language is so, so powerful. Um, just being able to communicate in, you know, your own mother tongue, it's, it's just a relief, really. Um, you, and I see that all the time with like patients and, you know, like the staff when they're, when they're, when they don't have to speak in English, um, when they can just freely speak, you know, their minds using their own language, it's just, it's, it's a freeing feeling. Um, and you, you know, especially in healthcare, um, you don't want your patients to feel like they need to hide something, um, because they don't feel like. Um, you don't want them to feel as if they're inadequate, that they can't trust you. And, uh, you know, the, the language barrier um, is, it how like, it emphasizes this whole power dynamic between the, the patient and the provider. Um, if the, if the patient can't trust the provider because they can't, you know, um, effectively communicate with with their um, you know with their doctor. Um, how can you expect them to to you know be healthy? Like you know how would you expect the doctor to to understand what you know they're going through if they can't really um, you know trust them so much? I think you make a really valid point. Because especially when you're in the medical field, you have to have a sense of understanding of the patient, especially when having to provide for their care. You have to know their language. You have to be able to have this kind of mutual understanding. Because most of the time, I feel like those in the medical field, there's kind of this kind of gap between patient, doctor, and nurse because there is so much not knowing about their culture and then their language. And then we kind of like have this kind of falling out with, oh, how am I going to provide for your care if I don't know your culture, if I don't know your language? Like, it's like, you have to constantly rely on like devices that will kind of help in quotation mark but at the same time it's not that full kind of experience of like providing the care when you actually have the time to learn the patient's uh culture and language um so I, as a, you know, pre-medical student, like, I hope I can get into medical school. I'm currently, like, studying for the MCAT right now, and I hope to, um, you know, apply for the next cycle. Um, but, you know, with COVID-19, it's kind of hard to figure out, like, how, how am I going to do that? But, um, yeah, so in 10 years, I hope to be, um, you know, practice medicine, but at the same time, incorporate my skills in public health, um, you know, incorporating cultural humility, um, 
particularly, you know, in the Filipino community, um, that's where I want to to work in. Um, I, you know, because we currently see a lot of health disparities, and especially now with COVID nineteen, we just don't know how. We don't know what the subsequent consequences are of, um, you know, contracting COVID nineteen. We don't know what the long term effects are. So, um, it's it's very important that we um, that we serve our Filipino communities now, especially because. Um, of what we're currently going through. And, um, you know, I hope that I could be a part of that, um, you know, that, that change, um, a, lot, a part of that, that team to address, you know, the Filipino um, concerns and the Filipino health disparity. Thank you for sharing. And if you don't mind, could you please uh, elaborate on PMH, uh, what it stands for, and Essentially, like, just give us a broad overview of what the program and organization is. And, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like, I don't want to speak on behalf because, like, I am just, you know, like, a student volunteer for that organization. But the Philippine Medical Association, um, you know, it's this coalition of, of doctors who um, serve the Filipino community and you know, they don't necessarily have to be Filipino physicians. Um, they can be of any ethnicity as long as, like, you know, they care about Filipino culture and the Filipino um, community here in Hawaii. And, um, you know, with this COVID-19 pandemic, they've noticed that um, there is this disparity in the Filipino community because of the um, high numbers of COVID-19 cases and deaths um, amongst Filipinos. Um, so in order to um, address that disparity, we decided to like, hey, how can we cater health messages um, to tailor them for specifically for the Filipino community? And then that's where the whole um, PMAH outreach unit, uh, you know, um, came about. That's where, um, you know, a bunch of students, a bunch of, um, you know, students who care about uh Filipino community um, got together uh, and tried to find ways to help the Filipino community by, um, you know, making social media messages, whether it's through Instagram or TikTok or Facebook, try to, you know, um, like speak to the, the Filipino community saying that, hey, um, we, we, are the top two are we're like the second highest in terms of COVID cases and and deaths so we need to um, get together we need to rally together to uh, fight COVID-19 together um, because it's not you know just um, like um, an individual fight it's a, it's a community fighting off this deadly, deadly disease. Um, and in order for us to do that, we need to stick together. We need to care about each other. So that's the whole point of like the social media messages that we're trying to, you know, put out there, that PMAH outreach is trying to put out there. Um, because we do care about our, our Filipino community. We we don't want to see any more um, 
you know, Filipinos dying of COVID-19. Um, and, um, you know, we, like I said, we don't know what the long-term effects of COVID-19 are. We, we don't know how it's going to affect, um, you know, people's health um, in terms of, you know, like cardiovascular or respiratory issues. We don't know how that's going to pan out. Um, and if we want to prevent that, we have to make sure that we address, you know, COVID-19, that we fight COVID-19 now so we don't have any further complications down in the future. You know, we post, we try to post things, um, you know, every single day. So that way there's, you know, a lot more content, a lot more things to share. Um, and, you know, it's it's just a fun way to, to um, make sure that the Filipino community stays connected, you know, during this time where we are socially distancing. Um, and we can't really see our loved ones. At least we can um, share things through like social media and then just to make sure that, you know, we stay safe. Honestly, I think what you guys are doing with PMH and really reaching out to the youth, young adult, and even the older generation is something really great because I feel like what you guys are doing now within the Instagram itself, um, it's so really impactful and i feel like this will actually be that kind of bridge for a lot of those who are thinking of going to the medical route pre-med pre-nursing and that when it comes to raising awareness within public health wise it really kind of helps our community as well so my next question for you is if you could give an advice to the next generation uh, what would it be um, what would I say I mean it's <laughs> I'm not really great at speeches just to be honest so um, if I were to just give advice to somebody of the next generation I'll just say just don't be afraid or embarrassed to learn about your own culture and, and your own language you know um, Filipino culture um, is it, it's so unique in comparison like it's just so unique um because we're a blend of so many other different cultures you know like we took some things from or uh, from hispanics we took a couple of things from the chinese from the indians um and we we blended it all together and then that's how we became filipinos you know um you know, on top of that, like we are, we have so many different ethno-linguistic groups in our, even in our own Filipino group. Like we have Ilocano, we have Tagalog, we have Cebuano, Pangasinan, etc. Um, and the fact that the Filipino culture is so diverse is just, it's just amazing. Like you, if you look at Filipino culture, you learn that there is value in diversity and then that's such a great life lesson you know it doesn't necessarily like you don't necessarily have to be filipino just have just learning from filipino culture you see that you know you don't have to be in this this bubble our culture in itself already um is it's it's a melting pot and just incorporating that into our, our everyday lives, you know, we can learn from, um, you know, we, we can learn from Western culture, we can learn from, um, you know, like 
Korean culture or we can learn from like African culture. Um, you know, just being having, um, you know, an open perspective on of things because that's what Filipinos are like. We're very open, right? Um, just um, incorporating that into our everyday lives is uh, just a valuable, valuable life skill. Uh, so just don't be afraid of uh, identifying as Filipino because Filipinos are awesome. Yes, I absolutely agree with you. And it takes it takes time to really finding that sense of understanding about who we are and not being ashamed and at the same time if you could learn something about our culture our language what would be that one thing that you would like to learn or still want to learn what is the one thing that i want to learn and well i'm still learning like the language so i'm like i'm still struggling to to learn you know the difference between Ilocano and Tagalog because like my mom like she can speak both right so like whenever I'm like trying to practice with her she's like no you're speaking in Tagalog and I'm like shoot I thought I was speaking in Ilocano so it's like I still need to like grasp on the language um but that's definitely that's that's definitely a goal for me trying to to incorporate and you know one language into my everyday life um and then um i'm trying to think of another thing um but yeah that like the language is my immediate goal right now um i can't think of anything else or actually you know what um learning more about filipino food because you know there's just so there's just a lot of different um there's so many different uh Filipino dishes and um, food is such a um, important aspect into our culture, right? Um, and you know, learning how to cook Filipino food would definitely be a great uh, way to uh, you know connect with people. Honestly, I don't know how to cook, but if you know if there's any way to start. You know, just like learn Filipino food. It's something that would motivate me to learn more about my Filipino culture. I guess it would just be family. Um, you know, because um, family is so important in Filipino culture. Um, and, you know, in order for, you know, me to connect with my family, you know, I have to to learn more about my my culture, my language. Um, and if I don't fully embrace it, you know, there will be this, this gap between, you know, me and my parents. And I don't, I, I don't want that to happen. Um, and I, you know, I also have family back in the Philippines. So like, um, you know, just trying to connect with them, you know, in, you know, like not have not become a, like a burden for them trying to like translate everything for me you know that would be great as filipinos um it's we were kind of taught or at least i was like i was kind of taught that um 
that Filipinos weren't aren't weren't worth as much, um, you know, as as other Asians. We weren't, you know, I like we weren't Asian enough, um, or anything like that. But you know, it's just just disregard those kind of messages. It's it, it'll only bring you down, and it's not really great for your mental health. Um, so just just always like embrace embrace yourself really because that's who you are and there's there nobody has the say of um what your self-worth is if you if you um are proud of being filipino it's it's then just go for it like you know it's there there's nobody stopping you and nobody has any say of of who um who you are as a person and because this section of the audio um my part actually got erased so half of what you guys were hearing um toward um throughout the episode i just had to go by ear but and like really listening to my conversation with angel but um this this part of the audio and just trying to summarize what me and Angel talked about is that our language plays so much part of our identity and it really gives you the sense of really trying to understand where we came from and another thing that we actually we had a conversation with throughout the podcast and the interview is how the first thing that, that we kind of encounter when we're trying to understand who we are is what we eat and you know that phrase you know who you are by what you eat it really does it's really true because when it comes to filipino food even if this is the first time like you're trying to understand your identity and your culture it's really understanding the history of where the food came from because filipino foods are literally a fusion of different influences that had came to the philippines and yeah so um, to transition on to my next conversation with angel is basically our closing which is what was her favorite uh, filipino word phrase that motivated her her favorite filipino dish and yeah Um, okay, so, like, favorite Filipino dish, like, I, I have a major sweet tooth, so, I mean, like, I love anything sweet, um, but, like, so, my favorite dish is always, it's, it's gonna be a dessert, and it's buku pandan, um, yeah, like, every time, like, I go to, like, seafood say, I always tell my mom, can we get, like, buku pandan, um, because we were just talking about food, <laughs> my favorite Filipino word would be um stuff mabisinakon, and I tell this to my mom all the time because like you know I rely on her for food, <laughs> so it's like um you know every yeah that's just my favorite phrase really I say I say that all the time with my mom and then um I guess like that's um because I love saying that I should start learning how to cook Filipino food I mean like I am a terrible cook but then um. Like like I said, if I have to start somewhere, start out with Filipino. And this is part of the episode where you get to give a little shout out to anyone that you would want to. 
um, especially for those listening to the podcast. And again, same thing as you, I love Buko Pandan. Like, it's one of the very much underrated Filipino desserts out there. And yeah, you may start when you're ready. Uh, okay, like, shout out to, you know, like, well, of course, to my parents, because, like, they're always, um, you know, like, especially now, like, they, they've been very supportive, like, with, with me trying to, to learn and embrace the Filipino culture, so shout out to them, and then also, like, shout out to, um, to my friend Phyllis, because she, um, like, she has definitely been such an inspiration, um, when, it comes to you know like my Filipino identity we we always talk about um uh you know our Filipino culture during like public health and everything she's also a public health student so like she's she's amazing um so shout out to her and then also shout out to um my friend Sydney uh she is the co-author um of my um civil beat article that we wrote in um you know, back in summer. Um, And she is also part of, um, you know, like the PMAH outreach as well. Both of them are. So like, they're, they're amazing people. And, um, and thank you again for having me. Um, Thank you for reaching out. This is, this was definitely a great experience, you know, talking about Filipino culture. um, We're like, wherever. Um, It's, it just makes my day. Thank you guys for listening to the episode and I know that it got cut short but don't worry we will be doing a follow-up Q&A with Angel as well as to really follow up with most of what we talked about on the podcast and with that said um the rest of the episode i will be putting a little description and show notes to kind of help guide our conversation and thank you guys for supporting and listening to reclaiming filipinx identity feel free to follow us on instagram at reclaiming filipinx identity and subscribe to our youtube page um same thing reclaiming filipinx identity and that said thank you guys and See you guys for the next guest. And I can't wait for you guys to meet them. Bye. Ayamanok.